Welcome to the Lasallian Way Online, a digital series produced by Christian Brothers University's Center for Digital Instruction in Memphis, Tennessee. In each episode, we focus on topics in online education and approach them from the Lasallian tradition. St. John Baptist de La Salle created a culture of student-centered teaching and learning focused on transforming the whole person. We aspire to follow the Lasallian way online. Welcome again to another edition of the Lasallian Way Online. I am Dr. Dale Hale, the Dean of Christian Brothers University's College of Adult Professional Studies and the Director of the Center for Digital Instruction. Joining me today are the whole CDI team, Dr. Lorene Kelly, our online student success specialist. Hello, everyone. And then our instructional designers, uh, Tyler Isbell. Hi. Kyle Perpura. Hey, y'all. And Chantel Bryant. Hello, hello. We're happy that you have chosen to join us as we talk through what it means to personify John Baptiste de La Salle in today's world, using today's technology to teach today's students. So today we're we're talking about this thing called reflection. The instructional designers have a different idea of what that means uh, to those of us that stand in front of a mirror. It's not standing in front of a mirror. This is more about thinking. Uh, and, and I guess there would be some seeing to it, right? So what are we talking about when we're when we're talking about reflection? I think uh, you know, this is this is Kyle here. This is a really good topic to talk about, first of all, but also on this team for our listeners, all of us have been in the classroom. And I'll speak towards this question. Uh, not necessarily in my role as instructional designer, but really like when I used to uh, intentionally reflect in my classroom, it would first of all be a time where I have some creative headspace to be able to do that. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not worried about attendance taking and administrative observations and those kinds of things, right? It's usually when the semester has ended, the books have closed, the grades have gone through, and I take some time to think about what worked, what didn't work, are there lessons, are there assessments, are there units that may need to be re-examined, completely omitted, are there things in my course that maybe I need to add, but I also reflect on my relationships with individual students. So the ones with, with whom that, you know, I probably had some, some discussions and maybe some of those uh, discussions were tough conversations. And again, kind of looking at it from the point that it's like, how did I handle that? How did they, how did the outcomes, uh, what were the outcomes of that particular discussion? Were they, were they in line with what, what uh, I was hoping to accomplish with this particular student? So for me, it was just a time to be able to kind of sit back and to kind of think about the, those two threads of my practice. Kyle, um, you brought up, you know, that we've all had experience in the classroom and and I, I taught at the college level for a little more than 10 years. And when I think about this now, I, I really wish you wind up reflecting anyway, right, after a course is done. But often when you're doing it without intention, it's just coming up. It's a lot, a lot of the negative things uh, can 
just surface. Those are the, that's a, we as humans tend to do that. Uh, laser focus on the things that went wrong, the students that we were upset with, um, the lessons that didn't go well, the things people didn't engage with. And that's because my reflection wasn't often, it wasn't intentional. I was just, those things were just popping up in my head. So, you know, I can really see now had I put aside time soon after the semester ended to be intentional um, and to really maybe even chart out, you know, what went right, what went wrong, uh, maybe even write out something for myself, a little guide to follow before I even start. Um, that that would have been a more well-rounded reflection um, where I would have seen some of the victories and not just the things that were upsetting to me or didn't go as I would have liked. Both of you have mentioned something about reflecting on the students. I'm, I'm going to ask a, maybe a, maybe not so good of a question, but I'm, I'm wondering, do you ever, should you consider those students, should you stop to consider those students that never really engaged? I mean, I, I, that's a great question, Dale. This is Kyle again. I, th I think that's important uh, because I think the reflection, you know, I had an, I had an old mentor that, that used to uh, constantly make references to uh, my side of the street and the other person's side of the street, you know, in, in, in tough conversations or conflicts or whatever. And he would always say, I have to make sure that I keep my side of the street clean. And, you know, initially I kind of thought that was trite or whatever, but uh, if you think about it, it's really looking and examining at uh, examining certain things that happen in your course. And you, the question is, what role did I play in that? Or did I play a role in, in the reason that I, I didn't do anything and that's why we got the results that it was? But I think it, in instances of, of non-participation, I think you do have to think about, uh, you know, what role might I have played in that in terms of maybe the structure of the course, my uh, reaching out or not reaching out? But I, yeah, I think that's important. I, um, I, I love what you're saying, Kyle, and it reminds me of an instructor that shared um, a, a, a story about reflection with us that um, I believe it was probably a semester long course, maybe 16 weeks, and they kind of um, dropped in some reflection in the um, middle of the course. Um, and and ask the students, hey, how are things going right now? And they use the feedback that they got to just change some things right then to help students kind of finish up the course. And and it she said it was just really effective because um, she was able to see what they what they liked, and then the things that they they asked for help on, she was able to make some tweaks. And they came back again and let her know how much that helped them to get through to the end of the course. Yeah, I like that you've brought that up, Chantel, about we're talking about instructors reflecting at the end of a course. Um, but I think having those assignments embedded in a course that are about reflection um, are also really important. I know that that was one thing we felt was important in, in creating online course design, our um, advanced uh, faculty training class, uh, to have a whole week based on reflection because it is really that powerful uh, and so I, I think both for, for students to do that, um, and maybe there's even a time for faculty in the middle of a course to have your own 
personal reflection about how things are going. Um, and again, to have it more directed so that it's not just about why aren't, why isn't this student engaging? That's an important one. Um, but also, gosh, what's really working? And is there is there something more that I can add of this into the rest, the latter half of the semester? That really worked. Um, how can I do more of that? Yeah, this is great, um, Tyler here. I think we're really looking into reflection as a part of the learning experience for the faculty, the adjunct, and the student. I believe it was John Dewey that said that true learning isn't in the instruction, but it's in the reflection of the instruction. It's that moment where you stop and you process what has happened, the experience that you just went through or you went through a couple of weeks ago, and just really applying those experiences to what you know and what you're learning. And this is important for both the teacher, the person that's going to improve their practice, and for the student to really just self, uh, self-evaluate self and think about, you know, um, am I really getting what I'm getting, what I need to get out of this class, or um, do I need to do something different? I love that, Tyler. Um, it gives it gives people uh, time to let things sink in. Like well, when you're learning, you, you know, you're going through your activities, your your SLOs, things like that. You're you're getting information, getting information, and then at some point, you're going to ask the students to do something with that information. Taking a pause and and letting it. I think before they start that activity, they kind of have to stop and let things sink in for a minute so that they can make some connections before they can even produce anything back for you. And that's a that's reflection too. So it's like you said, it's reflection in the learning process. So there's so many opportunities I'm hearing uh, say to drop reflection in all along the way. And I think um, you know we are at a Lasallian institution. And so I think it's a, how do we, how does reflection tie into being LaSallean as an educator? I think it's about first and foremost, being inclusive. Um, Excellent question, Dale. Again, thinking about not just the students that are visible because they're the ones speaking or asking the question, but the student that's not asking questions, the one that you're not seeing and just Thinking about, you know, are there are there barriers between that student and myself? Uh, you know, what bridges need to be built so that they can become a part of the conversation, that they can be a part of the discussion that's going on, or they feel more included and able to ask questions of me. Um, I think that's super important. And, and uh, you know, another principle, just showing respect of everyone making sure that they have a voice and they have a seat at the table and making sure that that um, it's not just a, a sit and get, but it's an opportunity for us all to come together and make meaning. Uh, all, what, what you all are saying really brings to mind the training that you just went through, Lorraine, uh, with universal design. Uh, what, how does... Well, first of all, in the in the training that you went through, did they talk about reflection? And if not, how would you include reflection in uh, UDL? Dale, it's funny, Brian. As as Tyler was talking, I was thinking back to the lessons that I that I was learning about UDL and especially about inclusiveness. 
Um, and this was, this is a big one. And, and actually, I think this would be a great exercise as we talk about a reflective exercise, because reflection, I think reflection can be just sitting and thinking about something or going through a few questions. Uh, but one of the exercises that we did in the UDL class was to re redesign just one assignment, just take one assignment and make it more universal, add options in so that all students can participate. Um, maybe there, maybe the format would be in video, or it might be a blog, or um, it might be a PowerPoint, or it might be an audio, um, uh, like a little podcast, um, where where students had choices about how they want to participate, either what's best for them, um, or else just what they prefer. And I found uh, the assignment we had to do was redesign one assignment. And it took a lot of deep thought and, and reflection, like, oh, I mean, there were a few points where I was like, I, I always liked this assignment that I redesigned. But as I was going through it, I thought, oh my goodness, why was I being so narrow and restrictive? And what, like, what was the point of that? Um, and it was really, it was, uh, it was humbling. I will say that to go through that assignment and, and really think about how many people I might've shut down with that assignment or just made them feel kind of bored by the assignment and how much more interesting it became when I opened it up and made it more inclusive and made the ways, the agency that, that students could have within that one assignment um, made them come out. Um, and I, I think it will make me look at all assignments differently now. Uh, after just doing that one exercise, which I will not say was simple. I mean, it, it took a little bit, it took some time, um, but it was really worthwhile for me to really come out on the other end of the assignment and just see things differently. So we, we're, uh, we're not yet through COVID. Sadly, wish we were, but we are far enough away from the, from March of 2020, uh, we've had, we have a full year and a half under our belts, actually almost a year, nine months under our belts from dealing with COVID and, and all of these different things. It's, it's now just a part of life, the impact. So I read an article this not too long ago that that was talking about what do we do now? A few months ago, we had a, a, a time with our faculty where we talked about working, working through COVID. We, it's time to move beyond that through working through COVID. Now it's a chance for us to reflect on it. And by reflecting on it, I'm talking about what this article uh, very specifically talked about, and that is what changed and what, what did I, what did I do while in COVID that really makes sense to continue doing, or what did I learn from, from COVID uh, keeping me from doing that? And now I should just consider continuing not to do whatever that is. I, I think as bad as COVID is, and it, and it has been, I think it offers us an opportunity to just stop and think about good things that will now transform how we teach. Yes, I think so too. I, 
I have a, a personal illustration that I think kind of underlines this. Um, my wife and I are now remodeling our kitchen and most of the house. And it wasn't by choice. We had a major water leak. And, um, you know, it's one of those things for, for five years we've been talking about wanting to do this. And we just never got around to it. And then the disaster hit, right? And And so now whether we like it or not, we're now remodeling the kitchen. And so I think in the same way, we can, we can kind of, we can kind of see like COVID was, is bad and it's an emergency. And we, we had to do an emergency response to certain things. And and so, and we can, we can mourn the things that were, that we, that we feel like we may never be able to do again, but we can also reflect upon what are the new opportunities? You know, maybe there's things that you've been wanting to try that you just, it just haven't, hasn't worked yet. Maybe there's just work responsibilities or just maybe even some fear of trying something new and, and, and seeing this as an opportunity to, to try new things because, because we've had to out of necessity. And so, you know, right now we're in the middle of the remodel and things look worse than they were beforehand. But I know, we're going to get down the road and I'm going to have a new kitchen and my wife's going to be really happy about that. I'm going to be really happy about that. And so we can kind of take it the same way and see this as an opportunity to, to stop, reflect and say, Hey, let's do something new. We can do new things. We can take, we can maybe bring back the old things that work really well in this new world, but we can try new things and we're going to be better on the end for ourselves and for our students. Um, you know, another thing I remember when we have had talked about this, and we've talked about this as a team before, you know, we know that one of those opportunities is we know a lot more about our students now. You know, uh, we've, we've been in, in live video chats with them. Lorene, I remember you saying, like, now we know that they have cats and dogs and, you know, brothers and sisters. And, you know, uh, we can look into, into you know, their homes. Um, and, and in some cases, uh, we know that students have had to go to uh, Starbucks parking lots in order to uh, to get their Wi-Fi and to meaningfully participate in the course. I, I don't. You can't take that on and not have that impact you as an individual, but also as a faculty member. And at some point, I, I would argue that that's probably going to work its way out in 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 your course design but also in the way that you implement and execute that course. So I just think that, um, you know, the more that we understand uh, what's happening in our students' lives, the deeper that the relationship is uh, that we get to enjoy uh, with our students. And I think our course just kind of organically develops and we teach organically as a result of that. Kyle, you, you brought up something so important and, and I think that this this real glimpse into our students' lives, into their homes, um, it ha- it is the opportunity to truly walk with our students, to truly be student-centered. Because I think I've told you this before, I've told you all this, that when I taught, God, I love my students. I, I knew about things in their lives. I... Um, you know, they, I was, I felt very student centered. I didn't, I didn't use that word, but I felt that I was very focused on my students. But as I look at some of the ways that I designed my courses, they really weren't student centered. Um, I, I, 
I was looking at my expertise, at the content that I wanted to bring to them. Um, but I, I really wasn't thinking about what it took for them sometimes to complete the assignment. What I was asking of them, the, the demands of their time, the demands of their transportation abilities, their demands of access to materials. And, you know, I did some of that. I'm not saying I was completely oblivious to the lives that my students had, um, but I, but I don't, I think I, I know that I could have done more um, to make assignments more um, attainable and, and easier. So that wasn't so painful for some students to get it done um, because I wasn't really thinking about the limitations that, that were on their side. That what, what we've just done is reflection. <laughs> That's it in a nutshell, you know, looking back. What could I have done better? What could I have done uh, to engage? What what could they have done? What kind of opportunities could I give my students on a regular basis? And actually, um, the impact over time, both long term and even short term. What do I need to be thinking about as as I develop my course and as I? It the interesting thing about reflection. The, the, the irony is that it is not so much about the past as it is about the future. You know, it's, it's thinking about how did that go so that I can do better? I think one of the big questions that people have is, okay, great. Um, we, know, we know this has been a challenging semester for faculty as has the semester before, the semester before, and Aren't you just ready to shut the door on fall 2021 and say, done, I'm done. Uh, but in doing that, just that, that opportunity, you said, Dale, that opportunity is missed. If we just shut the door and never look back. And again, we wouldn't blame anyone for wanting to do that. Uh, but there's this, this opportunity, especially now. Um, as close to the semester, because, you know, we lose a lot of things as we get further away um, from anything, even no matter if it's traumatic, if it was just challenging or something we didn't want to do, the further we get away from it, the more we forget about it, the more we either, you know, put some lens on it. Oh, that was good or that was bad, but we lose all the details, all the things, all the feelings about it, the further we get away from it. Um, so it's really important, I think, to, to do this. And I think the, the question for all of us now is, I mean, do we have recommendations? Like, how, how do you do this and how do you do it? So it doesn't take, I mean, we're not saying examining every element of your course, for example. I, I, you know, Lorena, I would say the first thing to do is like, just in general, take time for yourself. And, you know, a, a little bit of self-care, uh, I think, wiggles its way into what it is that we're talking about. And if you if you're if you set that as a priority and, and if you take time out for yourself, I think reflection can kind of na just naturally be a part of that self-care, right? And especially if you frame it that way, uh, hopefully you kind of stay away from those those kind of negatives that 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 you Lorene alluded to a little bit earlier that kind of nag on us, you know, 
I had I had 20 conferences with students, 19 were brilliant, one was so-so, and that's the one that bothers me, right? But if you frame all of this in, in the context of self-care, and in that context, I'm going to reflect, I think it, maybe you, you think a little bit more kindly of yourself and your role in things, um, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, that's a gentler process than, than some, sometimes we uh, dread that it's going to be. And I can see, I know my, um, when I was writing, when I was working on my dissertation, I went and spent some time with my dissertation uh, chair. And she, one of the things she made me do was to set up a nice spot. Like she gave me a bowl of candy and I had a candle. Um, and, you know, I was working on this part that I wasn't really looking forward to, but she made it pleasant. And so I can see, I mean, when we talk about reflection, reflection should be a pleasant Thing. It should be a rewarding thing. It should be self-care, really, in and of itself. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be anything that's too arduous. Um, and so, I think in a nice environment, and and giving yourself a set time. Like I'm going to do this for an hour. I mean, that's I'm going to do this for an hour, and I'm going to think about and and answer these questions. Maybe don't even look at your computer. I, I don't even know that you need to go look at your course necessarily, but just think deeply about the experience. Um, going back to your course and making changes, that can come later, um, but it's just about capturing the moment and and then being able to go and look at those later when you're in a different frame of mind after after the holidays and after you know, you've had some time to really wind down and then you have the energy again to go in and really um, say, okay, now how do I put this reflection to use? I think you underlined another skill or practice you might use you know do you have a mentor do you have a do you have a colleague um are you do you have somebody on the cdi team that you feel comfortable talking to i have a faculty member that um that periodically just will shoot me an email that um was written for a student and just ask for a fresh set of eyes on it to make sure you know this is what i'm trying to convey as i'm conveying this well to this student and you having someone that's kind of outside of that experience, you know, outside of maybe, especially if there's some emotions that are going on, if, if you feel de defeated or upset about something, having someone else kind of look at it and be a little bit more objective about it could help you um, kind of divide the, the feelings with the actual experience of what was happening and help you make a more informed decision on that. This whole idea of reflection also gives us an opportunity. It's part of self-care. Um, but it's, it's also to consider how you can not just make things better, but how you can make things uh, more integrated or run more smoothly or approach things with more innovation or, or more engagement. So I had a, the uh, former provost at a previous institution tell me, you know, it's okay for things to, to go easier for yourself, even through this, you know? So if like, when I was, when I first got into teaching, uh, I was making students write papers, only papers. Now this is graduate institution, but still just only write papers because that really shows how much, you know, well, okay, there's a point there, 
but it also was bending toward toward my own preferences. I could write better than I can take tests. And a friend of mine, when he heard what I was doing, he said, you know, Dale, you're really stupid. What do you mean I'm really stupid? He said, no, if, think about what you're doing. You are addressing just one segment of your students and you're making it really difficult on the other segment and you're making it difficult on yourself. So think about how you can truly, you know, assess student learning. And it's okay if it comes out easier for you and more engaging for the students. That's a home run. That's, that's a great anecdote, Dale. I have something similar a colleague shared with me uh, a PowerPoint presentation once after I had given a PowerPoint presentation. And the PowerPoint presentation uh, that they gave me and said, you, I think you would, I think you could use this was, it's not PowerPoint that stinks, it's you. And, <laughs> and I have kept that. And I, I actually applied that once to my course, uh, my online uh, economics course when I taught. You know, I kept complaining about, ah, oh, just, just can't stand the way these discussions are and these students, they just aren't whatever. And, you know, I kind of, after reflecting, kind of stepped away and was like, maybe it's the questions that stink. <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, then set, set upon, uh, you know, the next several months to really think about the type of questions that I layered into to the course with a great deal of intentionality and with the intention to stimulate and generate interest among to, among the student population that I knew a little bit better. And no surprises, you know, I ended up with much more engaged students and much more interesting, you know, discussions and conversations, which makes it, I hate to say it, easier for me and better for me. I love that you say that and that, that this topic was brought up and it, it kind of ties back to some things that others of you have said already, but the I, I love the reflection piece because it does give me the opportunity to go back and relieve some pressure off myself. Sometimes I don't realize that I'm putting pressure, unnecessary pressure on myself in a course until I stop and, and think back, is that necessary? Or how can we do this in a better way? But I love that you also said, Lorene, for the students, is this necessary? How can I make this easier for them? And, and so I really do look forward to the reflection piece. And and I also uh, appreciate that you said, too, that it doesn't have to be that when I'm reflecting that I go through my course right then and there, that I can take the time and reflect um, before I sit down to do that next course and set that next course up. And um, I, I don't know when it was, maybe a couple years ago, I, I realized that that's how I work. So when I know that I'm uh, about to develop a course or a module or something, I think about it, it's sometimes just for weeks. Like maybe I'll jot something down about it and maybe I won't, but all of the ideas are coming together in my head and I'm organizing them. And then there's a point that comes and I just like 
go crazy <laughs> getting it all out, you know, but it's because I've been thinking about it and carrying it with me and thinking about what went well and what we could try new. And, um, you know, just the feedback that we've gotten and before I actually sit down and start working on it with my hands. Chantel, you made me really think about um, uh, Adam Grant, uh, innovator, professor. Um, he really, he talks about, he had a book out, I think it was the originals, where he talks about the art of procrastination. You were not talking about procrastinating, but that's embedded in that. And in that, you know, real, real negative procrastination is when you just don't touch anything until right before it's due. Um, and then you're just racing to get things done. Good procrastination, productive procrastination is really about what you were just talking about. And, and the example I gave of just taking some time now, really thinking about it, going over things. Um, and then it just sits, your mind just processes in the background, like a computer, like you're not even, you don't even know it's happening. Um, and then, you know, boom, in the shower, oh my gosh, that's what I need to do with this. Um, and then you're inspired and what a better way to come at your course in this, you know, in the next semester than being inspired. Um, but by an idea just came to you like lightning um, versus having to sit down with the drudgery of knowing, oh, now I have to get this done in uh, two days. Um, and I think this reflection process is part of that. That's getting your mind to start working on it in a way that doesn't really feel like work. Uh, and I, I just think I, I wish I had known about this process um, when I was teaching. Um, because I think it would have made the beginning of the semester, which I remember was always not fun. <laughs> uh, it's hard enough to get yourself back into the groove again. Uh, but, you know, I think if you're inspired, it just, it just lightens everything. Yeah, Lorraine, that, that the whole idea of taking a step back reminds me about just unplugging. You all know I, I take a walk every once in a while when I'm at work. Uh, and and really, what you just said is is in a way a part of that. It's a it's an opportunity to unplug, get everything away from my ears, and to to just kind of clear the head. When you do that, things start to to come back. And reflection kind of that's kind of clearing the head and getting things back together. So you know this is this has been a, a a really good conversation, and i've I've enjoyed sharing this with you all. And for those of you that are listening to this, we we thank you for joining us today. Uh, reflection is a big part of education. It's a big part of ongoing development of courses and programs, and even ourselves. So we trust that you will take the time over the next few weeks to think over your courses, where we, where you've been, how you've done, and what you've done. So on behalf of the CDI team, we want to thank you for being here, and we hope you'll continue with us on this journey as we continue to seek to bring the Lasallian way online.